2: Lot
3: talk radio. <laughs> <laughs> What's your sign? Do you know? Let me guess, your Scorpio. What's your rising? Where's your moon? Scorpios are pretty cool See, I'm a sage So they say I'm a butterfly
1: Dr. Craig Martin coming to you from Los Angeles On Inside Connection Radio on Blog Talk Every Thursday at 8pm Pacific Welcome to the show It is uh, a couple of weeks since I've been on Because last week was Thanksgiving And somehow in the midst of all of that eating I got kind of caught up Never planned a show, never scheduled a show And here we are now Right now, last couple of days of November Unbelievable how quickly this year passed Amazing year that it's been Um, We'll go right to the Global Energy Minute But I did want to say you can find me on Twitter as Astro Healer, On Facebook as Dr. Craig And if you want to learn more about my work privately You can find me at LAHealer.com LAHealer.com Global Energy Minute Sun's in Sagittarius and it's there About eight degrees it really isn't Making too many significant aspects Right now Uh, Some of the planets that are in the Lower numbers are in Scorpio and Capricorn which is on Either side of Sagittarius which Doesn't really make very much of an Aspect and so the Sun is kind of Standing out there by itself There's getting a wider and wider Trine to Uranus so in the last two Weeks if anything has happened Sort of unexpectedly Um, If there have been kind of any unexpected shifts or surprises That would be coming from that But most of that energy is already kind of waning The moon is in the later part of Gemini And will be going into Cancer tomorrow That's the ruling sign So tomorrow if you, you know, find yourself nurturing someone Giving a buck to a homeless person Helping an old lady across the street Or even needing to... You know, pick up a friend's baby Or a brother or sister's baby Or your own, put it over your shoulder And comfort it That's the energy behind Moon and Cancer It's a wonderful, nurturing Very connected family kind of energy Maternal in its own way And yet men can experience this energy Simply by connecting with their inner mommy uh, Mercury is in Scorpio Mercury is in Scorpio And it is direct, right? Hallelujah It was kind of a heavy uh, Mercury retrograde for a lot of people And it was retrograde in Scorpio Now it's direct in Scorpio It's um, kind of at the end of Scorpio It's going into the 20s So it's not anywhere near conjunct Saturn or Venus even Uh, Venus is at 10 and Saturn is at 6 There's more of a conjunction there Love is serious And um, love and uh, loving and uh even the amount of money we're going to be spending on people this holiday season that's a a serious topic and it did look like people were out there this past weekend enjoying um you know buying things, but who knows whether they were buying them for themselves or buying them for others. It looks like with that Venus Saturn conjunction. That, you know, love is going to There's going to be a little scrutiny of love It doesn't necessarily mean that love is hard Or love ends, or there's breakups It just means that there's We need to spend some time on the love thing Mars, in Capricorn, conjunct Pluto This is a very strong energy Gives us a lot of power A lot of power in the career A lot of power with authority figures as well So if you've had to come up against anybody in authority Um you want to give them all the respect that uh they uh customarily are uh, you know acquainted with because that Pluto Mars energy could be very destructive and you don't really want to create an argument Right now with anyone that's in power Above you, at the same Time, if you are someone Who's in authority, or you have any authority At all, in any part of Your career, your department, or wherever This is a time where there's a tremendous Amount of energy and power that can Move in your direction, because of that Mars-Pluto conjunction, they do Go together, and if it can be harnessed Properly, old texts say that the plutonic energy cannot be harnessed purely for a selfish purpose Old texts, old astrological texts say Do not harness the energy of Pluto purely for your own selfish ways Because it's a tremendous amount of power It's the power to transform, to change, to change others, to change yourself And if you use it for the benefit of everybody Rather than just the benefit of yourself That's how you're going to have the most positive use of a Mars-Pluto energy And many of us are experiencing that right now Saturn we talked about unbelievable six and a half degrees of Scorpio already when in October It was still in Libra so it is moving fast heading all the way up to 11 degrees by February Right now it's just in the six and a half almost seven degrees of Scorpio for those of you who Are born around Halloween now you know now that's a time when you are um, you guys born around Halloween Are experiencing a focusing of your energy Could be going through something with um, your work With your personal life With money that you might owe someone Or with someone who might owe you money It's also a good opportunity to focus on sex And our sexual needs Because Scorpio rules that as well Uranus and Pluto in the really wide square Even though we're seeing some things going on in Egypt right now That Uranian Pluto square is actually wide And we're not going to see a greater Escalation of Tensions really in that area Until Uranus goes direct Which is another couple of Weeks, Neptune at zero Degrees, Pisces going Quickly to the first degree Of Pisces, which it will be by the end Of December, and then Neptune's going to be Moving more quickly, it's going to go all the way up To five degrees Um, Chiron is at five degrees of Pisces, and again for those people who are 50 or turning 50 Happy birthday. Be on the lookout for places where you might be fooling yourself. Open your eyes. It's time to see what's really going on in your life and to stop expecting things from people who can't give you what it is that you're looking for. And that's your Global Energy Minute. I'd like to say hello to Mary Lou Hu in my chat room. Hope you're having a good evening out there, Mary Lou. Tonight's topic of conversation is... Why can't we focus on the good, you know, and why do bad things happen? Not just to good people, but why do they happen in general? In astrology, we look at the different aspects of our chart, you know, and uh, one of the things I've been coming up against in the private practice lately is... Seems like there's a lot of cynical energy Out there, people who are single Who don't really believe that they can Actually um, You know, uh, get what it is that they're Looking for, or find love, or Find a partner, people who have Jobs, but they're unhappy with Them, who can't, you know Imagine themselves in something that feels Really fulfilling Uh, People who want to have children But, you know, are having a problem doing That, or people who have children But feel like they haven't turned out exactly Exactly Like they might have hoped That they would have been And um, You know There's a There's an energy I think it's partly from Cynicism and it's partly from Negativity and it's partly from Exhaustion that actually Brings us to a place where we Have a hard time imagining That good things can happen for us And I think part of that comes From the fact that happiness is not a steady state you know happiness is not a, a a a steady state of um of uh of a steady condition we don't we don't like wake up every day and be happy things happen to us and we we might find that you know we're we're not happy and and Uh, do we focus on that? Do we focus on uh, the times of our lives that are making us feel more depressed or more despairing In fact, because I feel like I Encounter that in, in a number Of people, and we we Think of different things that we focus On, especially in the news Or globally, we're always very Focused on the tragic It's quite the um, You know, the, the the entertaining Thing, I guess, for us, because we Seem to want to wrap ourselves Around the tragic So we have a strong lens Of the tragic in life, and And that's fine. We want to be able to, you know, create an empathetic bone in our body. For instance, we want to be able to say like, oh, you know, this hurricane was terrible and those people in Staten Island and Queens, that looked awful. And, you know, but it's not supposed to lead us beyond that to a place of, you know, life is helpless, life is crap and um you know nothing good is ever going to happen to me because it can all be taken away or uh, you know i think if we continue to focus on the tragic what can happen is is that we imagine that life is tragic and part of a visualization process really where we want to create things in our life that are not tragic involves you know clearing out those obstacles that stand in our way in our belief system and um you know you, you say okay well there are a lot of tragic things that happen in the world and uh i could possibly be focused on those tragic things if i want to be you know but that doesn't mean that life is tragic just because tragic things happen there's also a lot of Um, Beauty and love and enjoyment and celebration Uh, There's also a positive side to our uh, worldly experience That I think most of the time socially, right, in the media and stuff like that we were talking about That's not where we're focused We, We like to focus on the more life is tragic and that's where uh, you know we want to go, sure, when we go to the movies it 's always a standard plot line that takes you on a roller coaster where then our hero has their dark night of the soul, their all is lost moment, and then they rise up from the ashes. but it never really seems to be like that on in the media you know in in the news we're never really fed that reality is like actually like that we're we're hopeful in a fantasy world like in a movie theater that that's the way it is that we're always going to be rescued from the all is lost moment but it seems like in real life if the hurricane comes and burns your whole neighborhood down that it's tragic and that there is th- that all is lost period and i think when when we look at individual charts in astrology and we see that we have internal struggles this is going to be i think the place where i'd like to connect the internal place with the external reality when we look at our chart there are places inside of us where we struggle places inside of us where we have um either lessons to overcome issues to overcome or some kind of pattern um in our personality a, p- a pattern of being a pattern of belief that that leads us down this path of you know, uh, happiness is not possible or life is tragic, and we reinforce that with the external. So inside of us, there's a place where life is difficult, where we have certain qualities or characteristics that don't necessarily go well together. I think there are lots of examples of that. Some I see them all the time, somebody, let's say, who's very, very Aquarian, but has a strong placement of Pisces. Um, this is someone who might be very aloof and very detached, and at the same time feel very deeply connected and get torn between those two uh, ways of being, where where one is very air, so it's a lot of being in the mind, and the other is extremely water, and um On the opposite side of that, I also find that kind of dichotomy in an Aries, who has some Pisces in the chart, where they're very bold and so sure of themselves, and then Pisces can be more imaginative, and in a fantasy world, and Aries-Pisces sometimes has a difficult time distinguishing reality from fantasy, because they're so clear about what reality is, and then periodically in life they find out that it's not that way, So, there are tons of examples, obviously, from astrology, but I use astrology to talk about personality types and how it's those conflicts within ourselves that actually create some of the more unhappy moments that we experience, because it's going on inside of us, it's going on outside of us. And um, the, the topic of the show actually comes from, you know, several people I think that I... Saw this week I often like to You know create a show topic I think around a certain Theme that, that um, You know comes up in the practice And I know that Right now we're in a very strong Sagittarian time so there's a lot of Philosophizing and a lot of talking about you know higher truth And at the same time there's also a lot of planets in Scorpio Mercury is direct now and uh, Venus is direct in in Scorpio as well And so is Saturn so there's this there's this desire to Emotionally dig into the truth and Scorpio energy can be kind of dark it Can be kind of heavy because Of perhaps all the signs Scorpio is the most aware Of how everybody has a shadow And the reason for that is because Everyone likes to keep their shadow a secret And Scorpio is really aware of secrets Because it likes to keep secrets Because it likes to hide its shadow From other people Whereas some people might wear their shadow You know, out in the open a lot more clearly If somebody is a fire sign If they're a Leo or, you know, uh, one of the stronger fire signs Well, their shadow could just be that they're domineering And they don't even know it and they don't even care You know, for a Scorpio it might be, you know You want, you're very jealous and you want to hide that Or you're feeling very revengeful and you want to hide that It's not like some signs don't know and they don't, you know, they don't Feel their shadow side And keep it under wraps Certainly when we meet new people That's the idea behind being on your best behavior The whole concept of being on your best behavior Means that you're really hiding your shadow In tonight's show topic It's to say that those shadow aspects Are actually what prevent us from Imagining, assuming we're creating A whole and happy life And recognizing that um life does fluctuate and that we we're not in a steady state of happiness all the time but if we want to achieve something if we feel like our life would have more meaning with a lover with a different job by writing a book by by hosting an art exhibit by you know g- g- starting a charitable organization you know, different uh people are coming to mind that 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 that's something that we need to work towards doing And when we have that sort of more challenging aspect of our personality That challenging aspect reinforces the notion that we can't That we can't somehow make those things happen And as soon as we have that kind of thinking Then we're involved in the cynicism the cynicism. It's a good. It's a good word. It's certainly a good concept worth talking about. It comes from Greek philosophy, but cynicism, you know, is the belief that, the belief that it's not good. That things are not good. That even when they're that even when they're good, they're not going to be good, or that nothing good can happen. And it's like the, that that whole um, you know that happiness is too. Um, Uh, Temporary to Allow it to you know truly Make you happy because you're Always going to have to be again uh, In the shadow side And yet I think if we looked at Life from the completely opposite Point of view which said Well you know life's always going to have Its downside but if you just Don't focus on it so much then maybe You can ride the high points for a little Bit longer I think if we can come Out at the end of our life having Chosen the meaning. Full path, a path where we say, you know, oh, I I want to embrace this aspect. This is what's going to create meaning. I'm going to have this job. I'm going to get this apartment. I'm going to, uh, buy you know, uh, write this. Book. I'm going to have uh, one or two children I'm going to you know, treat my friends and neighbors well I'm going to do whatever it is I want to do You know, Somebody who wants to open up a shop Somebody who wants to go back to school Somebody who has career aspiration These things are the things that we need to continue to go for Regardless of whether the external environment is telling us that life is tragic And I felt like like that was a topic that had come up several times this week And so I definitely wanted to touch upon that also want to mention to everybody that this is a call-in show So if anybody wants to say hello or get a reading My um, live listeners, it's 213-943-3395 A local call if you're in Los Angeles Not a local call if you're in New Orleans So um, the... Um, The energy inside the chart, right? The energy inside the chart has its easier aspects, easier parts of our personality, places where our personality flows. Let's say that same Aries person, if they have some Gemini in their chart, they might be able to take their creative ideas and communicate them more easily. And those are places where there's uh, not a conflict, okay? So there's not a conflict there, but the same person who has some Scorpio and is very secretive, who might have some Gemini in their chart, that could be more of a conflict because one is so talkative, one is so private and um, the um, the um, the uh, the inherent Difficulty between two kinds of energy Externalizes itself into our environment Perhaps the person who has, you know, Gemini and Pisces Pisces can be very isolating and private also Gemini can be very talkative And perhaps somebody with a Gemini-Pisces conflict Could end up Say, telling more fibs than other people It's just an example It doesn't necessarily mean that they do I'm just giving, you know, an example off the top of my head It's that way of living To accommodate the, the need to communicate Okay, with the, with the No, I'm not talking about anybody in the chat room As a matter of fact I'm just making things up here as I'm going along that need to um communicate that Gemini person with that Pisces energy, the need to have privacy and isolation if that results in right. Fooling the self, communicating Things in an illusory Way, like creating illusions In communication, which One could say might be fibbing That's one possible way of doing Illusory communication Well, that's going to end up Creating problems, you know, like There's going to be problems um, in in Life that are going to result From that internal conflict So that's where I'm trying to create The connection here is that The internal uh, Challenge ends up Representing that external Tragedy right so this, this tragedy That you know we end up living Or living through called Life which has uh, Fortunately it's ebb and flow um hopefully you know life's not completely tragic for anyone, although I guess I imagine it must be, but it you know if if it if it's not completely for someone, thank god we we're blessings on that, then you know we look at the times when it is that way, when it's more difficult and it's not happy, and we're not able to grasp onto you know what it is that we want to make happen and we have to go back and we have to look at the inherent conflict that exists within our chart. Um and and you know we all we all have that. Look in, in my chart for instance, I have some strong Virgo because we're born in the sixties. I think a lot of listeners probably are. Uh, And the 70s, but in the 60s, Uranus and Pluto were both in Virgo, and so I have a little Sagittarius in my chart, and Sagittarius and Virgo are square. The energy then between the Virgo that's very concerned with details and pinning things down And being meticulous and having that certain kind of perfectionism And Sagittarius, which is really a lot more broad-minded and broad-thinking And more adventurous and doesn't want to be pinned down at all, right? Creates sometimes a certain kind of rash behavior. I know that I'm just giving it as another example. Creates a certain kind of rash behavior where you, where I, because it's in my chart, although it's in a lot of people's charts, because it's a Sagittarius-Virgo Sagittarius um, example. It creates a rash behavior that makes. Sometimes decisions not well thought out Because there's a certain kind of rebellion from Sagittarius Against the Virgo The Virgo's like, no, slow down, examine, examine And Sagittarius is like, you know, forget that You know, like, I can't do that at all So there's a rebellion against the desire to examine And look at the details On the other side of that equation, right? Is the Virgo Sagittarius uh dilemma where Sagittarius energy feels stunted by Virgo's fear of making decisions. So then you end up with another kind of conflict, you end up feeling stifled. Um probably in my particular chart that's that happens less, although I think it happens sometimes. And that just has to do with the placement of where the planets are in my chart the sagittarius part is very strongly placed in the first house so it becomes a little more dominant um and also it's a personal planet whereas the virgo part is a social planet so it doesn't when you're looking at really uh i think a deep sense of personality structure we are always looking at the personal planets that's the first five so and um Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, those planets uh, have a kind of a, sh- uh, a strong weight when, when we're looking at our chart and we're saying, okay, well, I'm going to look at that. It's also interesting to look at those first five elementally and see what are the strong elements in those five um, because the Sun is obviously very strong in our chart and the Moon is too... But the Mercury, Venus, Mars, they comprise very strong personal aspects of the way we behave in life. You know, um, the, the Mercury is our mind, the way we think. This is a huge part of how we you know move through life on a day-to-day basis and Mars is about initiative which is how we you know get up and get out of bed and Venus is the component that keeps us connected with people in a loving and compassionate way at any level you know we have to have um we have to have a a Venus energy because it gives us the desire to love you know and that's obviously an integral part of what we are as human beings so that those things are very personal the conscious and unconscious which is the sun and the moon then the mind and then the loving impulse and then the um the action the impulse for action and the impulse to love those things are um are extremely important i think in um in relationship to that that central uh part of the chart. So if there's conflict there within those five, then that even becomes even more of a very um strong part of the challenging aspect of um of of where we are and um, you know what it is that we're trying to accomplish when we're looking for a meaningful life. This is a pretty um complicated in a way, but it's really not. It's um it's um it's um I think I think it's um Very dynamic, say, like looking at the world and looking at people and the different issues and things that they're going through and why they're going through them. And, um, we say, um, you know, we say that has to be something that's going on internally. It has to be going on internally. It can't just be going on externally. You know, I want to look at Mary Lou's chart. Gotta go to the astrology software Um Give me one second And yeah, Good So when we're looking at those kinds of uh, You know sort of dynamic Parts of someone's chart And um Hi, Mary Lou
0: Hi, how are you? I'm um,
1: good I'm looking at your chart, though And I'm, like, thinking about the, the, the topic at hand, you know And, you you know, which, when we talk about how do we overcome that Or, you know, there are certain things that you want to accomplish in art Or that you want to accomplish with your children Or that you want to accomplish in your personal life And why are some of those things more difficult, you know Well, So, for instance, you have Saturn and Aquarius in the seventh house Older astrologers might say that that makes it makes it a little bit more difficult to have a, a marriage, but it's not always the case. The issue, I think, partly in your chart is that you have Saturn in Aquarius at four degrees, and you have Mars in Leo at five degrees. So you have Mars in opposition to Saturn, and in your chart, it's like there's a there's a, a uh again one of these conflicts in you between how strong are you how bold are you how much of a leader are you you know how much do you need to, to be the center of attention it's very leo energy there's some good things about it obviously but when we talk about the where it creates tension in your relationship We have a tendency more to look at what the the shadow side of Leo is In opposition to, you know, the Aquarius part of yourself So can you be too detached, too aloof, too dismissive of people When they don't live up to your high ideals of them And that tension between wanting to be, um, you know, uh, a leader you know, there's a natural draw in your chart to wanting to be a leader because the moon is the ruler of your chart and you have the moon in Leo as well. But those qualities up against in opposition to um your Saturn in in Aquarius creates that tension. Those two things don't work very well together when when you can, you know, be um you know wanting wanting a leadership role and at the same time having a quality where you can dismiss other people if they piss you off it can leave you in in, in an isolated place sometimes mhm
0: you're nailing it
1: well i mean you know this is my this is my life <laughs> <laughs> this is my you're life
0: good. you're good unless, oh
1: thank you you know it's like, like
0: where you said calls were free from new orleans
1: <laughs> and then I think I know, but I think you. I think you always say to me that you can. Um, what do you call
3: uh, but,
1: you? You can. I can actually put Pat on the line with us, both of us, all three of us. You know, oh, we don't okay. have to. Uh, is that you, Pat?
2: Hey, hey, Craig. Yes,
3: it is.
1: How are you? All three of us um, are on the line now, so that's who oh, we can fighting. have it. A- we can have a spirited conversation about the shadow side of our charts.
2: Excellent. I have a question for you in regard to Mary Lou. How does she integrate that?
1: How can she integrate the Leo and the um and the uh yeah the uh the,
2: uh, the, the, the illusion yeah because
1: is, is in it Saturn general Saturn, it's Saturn? somewhat of an afflicted of an afflicted Saturn because it's Thank sitting you, out huh? there all alone by itself in the seventh house, and uh Mars is strongly opposed to that where there there's some positive aspects to Mars, okay, so it's not an afflicted Mars, she has Mercury and Libra and it's sextile to her Mars. She has Mars, a strong Mars in opposition to her Saturn. I think the answer is around working around the, um, the axis that that, that that represents, which is, um, to me, when I, when I look at it, right, it's about, it's about leadership. On the Leo side And it's about being a part of A group on the other side So one part is about being The leader of the group And the other part is being A member of the group And so integrating that you It's about uh, basically Group dynamics, the 5th and the 11th When you're looking at that axis Because the Leo energy Is the one that's standing out there And taking charge And the Aquarius energy is generally the followers or the people who are in the audience, they want to be able to put their energy behind a leader who inspires their ideals, right? That's the idea behind um, a really good Leo-Aquarius axis. And so the integration in her chart is to recognize that her own personal ego needs to lead herself because she has the Leo in the first house, But when it comes to being in a relationship with someone else, Aquarius in the seventh, she needs to become a part of the group. She can't just have it go all her way when she's in a partnership or a marriage.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. Mary Lou, are we dishing you up? Yeah. Don't worry, we're going to do the same thing to Pat. I'm a leader. Well, yeah,
2: I, I was going to say it sounds. I'm wondering it sounds somewhat similar to me, but I was wondering about Mary Lou. Does that? Um, um, how does that like you know feel for you? Um, I'm a I'm a lead, I'm
0: in a leadership role in two groups. One, I am the leader. I am the di- dictator. There is no board. There is nobody else. I do it, and I have a lot of followers. End of story. In the other group, I'm a part of a board of other people, oh, my God, it's a nightmare. It makes me want to
3: pull my hair
0: out. And you're right. I I don't necessarily like it when it doesn't go my way. It's so much easier to say, we're having a meeting on this date. Here's the topic. Here's what we're going to do in the story.
1: Right. For you, for you, it's so much easier. <laughs> for
3: me, it's easier. <laughs>
1: you it's so much easier, but not in the realm of if you wanted to have a partner, you know, like a marital partner or having marital a bit, partners
0: are a little bit screwed, <laughs> right,
1: yeah, because you're you're it's so strong you know and and also i know pat pat knows a little bit about astrology she's um you know has studied with me, and um <laughs> The and Mary Lou's Moon's North Node is also in Leo in the first house. So part mm. of your that means that part of your destiny, Mary Lou, is to be a leader. Mm. You know, and it's possible that in past lives you've been a part of the group, and sometimes that has disillusioned you in a way and made you want to detach from groups in general because that's you. You put your Moon's North Node right with Saturn. It's less than one degree. So it's wow. like there's a familiarity for you between just sort of being in a group and being one of the followers, and mm-hmm. you probably could do that if you wanted to. You may have even tried to do that in a marriage. Yeah. Yeah, I but in a the end thoughtful. that won't work for you too well because there needs to be a balance between you being you being a part of the group and you being a leader of the group. It's right. that—that's what I'm suggesting. That that axis is about group dynamics, and and a marriage is a small group. It's like I a group I,
0: of, I don't deal I don't deal with the group very well when the backstabbing and people not being nice kicks in. I I just can't I can't handle it. Right. I can't understand what. What's, what's, uh,
1: what's Mary Lou's um, rising sign? Cancer, twenty-seven degrees. Her birth data is. October 22nd, 62 12.07 AM in Wheeling West Virginia Pat is studying along Mary Lou, now you're going to have two astrologers on your butt <laughs> Yay, <laughs> I, I don't my quite, lucky day I don't have it up yet <laughs> and Are you
2: son teaching is in, I'm not looking at it, his son's in the first house
1: her, say it again.
2: Is her son in the first house?
1: No, her son is in Libra in the fourth house. Okay.
0: Are you teaching classes online or in person?
1: No, they're all in person right now. I haven't really done any any classes online. Um, I should probably try to do that because I think I could probably do it from a Skype camera.
0: That's what I was going to say. Um, I. I, I have I've been having people come to my meetup group via Skype. Wow. And um God I can almost see someday everybody in the meeting has a little um laptop with their visitor. <laughs> <in> the <Skype. laughs> it works pretty good.
1: Pat, in your chart, one of the big afflicted spots is Uranus, you know, like, and I think in the topic that we're we're talking about today, what really creates a significant amount of tension, um, it's Uranian, you know, it's, the, in your chart, it's Uranian. Now, not everybody has got an afflicted planet, and, you know, and Mary Lou, and for the people also listening in the archives, um afflicted planet in our chart basically means that there isn't any positive aspect to it that the that the planet stands by itself it's aspected to other planets but it but only in that tense way only in a way that creates tension not in a way that actually makes it easy so remember that example I was saying that um, Aries and Gemini could be really um, an easy kind of energy because it just Gives you a better ability to express your ideas
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But
1: um, maybe Aries and Capricorn is not so good Because Aries is too uh, bold and boisterous And Capricorn is too concerned with appearances And so there's a conflict then between the individual Too much individuality, too much independence not enough, uh, you know, um, of that more patriarchal and staid energy. And in Pat's chart, it's actually between Aries and Cancer, where the Aries part has a very difficult time understanding the emotionalism of Cancer. You know, the whole, you know, why nurture and protect anything? Isn't it really just all about me? And so the, there's a there's an inherent conflict there between you know wanting to be an individual and wanting then to connect enough with other people to um, bond with them and nurture with them. And we don't have to get too much obviously into your stuff, Pat, but you know where things emerge from in your life be- because of that conflict,
2: right? And that's of course a square for me.
1: Yeah. But then like I was saying, the the basic show topic was really why why is it that we have difficulty in creating what we would imagine to be a happy life? What are those obstacles? And I I started talking at the beginning about you know that we often view life as tragic you know there's a there's a tragic component to life and many people don't aren't able to get beyond that and one of the things that i've been really taking a look at lately in my private practice and in my classes is there's this strong tendency to always want to look at an astrological chart like What's the next bad thing that's going to happen? I mean, everyone wants to you know. They're like, I don't want to hear any of the bad stuff. But then, like, there's a and there's always this focus on. But what is the bad stuff? You know, I want to know. Is there going to be bad stuff? And um, the, the the for me the the issue is that we move if we can move through those time periods, those challenging time periods with some grace then it doesn't have to be a tragedy. It's only when we begin really externalizing that internal conflict that we have that it moves into that level.
2: And reframing it, reframing the um the difficult time, the challenge uh, into um an opportunity.
1: Correct. Exactly.
2: I mean people don't come to astrologers when they're feeling happier in love they're usually wondering what's going on, what's wrong.
1: Yeah, is, what, is that, what's missing, you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fairly rare person. I've met people that have come for those reasons. I mean, there are there are people who come because they're getting married and they want to know how to, you know, how to use astrology to, to reinforce the good stuff. Mm. So there is some of that, Um Culturally that's very popular In India And places like that Um, Mm -hmm. So um, And I have had Obviously people come for compatibility charts And things like that When things are good and they're in love And going to an astrologer by the way Makes a great first date
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, That's a great idea That that
2: either scares them away Or (laughs)
1: brings
2: them right on board It's one of those
1: date night things, you know, where they like one of those TV show things, Blind Date or something like that, where the TV show sends you out on a date and you can go bowling or you can go to the shooting range or you can go to the the astrologer and have them lay waste to you.
2: Hey, that sounds like a great TV show. (laughs) I don't know.
0: You go to an astrologer and they might say, if you have a relationship with this person, you're going to be in a living
1: hell. I had a woman that just came in And she said I'm here to see you Because I went to see another astrologer And he told me that my husband Was going to be the ruin of me (laughs) That he was going to ruin my life I was like, wow That's a heavy prediction Yeah, that's why I say People like to focus on the negative If you go to somebody And you want to pay them to tell you that I'm sure they'll be happy to do it
0: (laughs) Did you agree?
1: I didn't agree with that. I had, I could see where there were conflicts in their marriage, but I didn't agree that he was going to be the ruin of her. Um, you know, I I can't blame anybody else for you know for somebody. You know, like in other words, if you're going to be ruined, it's going to be your your yeah, you're gonna you're gonna build that yourself.
0: You pick the man.
1: Exactly.
0: Or whatever the case may be.
1: Exactly. And um, yeah. So, how is it being on the show? This is the first time I've had two people on the line at the same time.
3: Really? You know, there was
1: a, yeah, there was a time. There was a time, maybe like a year or two years ago, where I was actually a guest on a lot of people's shows. And because I reached out to, like, the Blog Talk community And I was on a lot of people's shows Shows that did, that did a lot of readings And, like, tonight's show, I didn't promote it at all And it, Normally when I have more people on the live thing um, You know, in the chat room and calling in live and listening live It's when I've promoted it And tonight I didn't really promote it So it's kind of quiet, which has been nice But I think I wanted a more quiet night some weeks I'm more motivated. So I'm like, okay, get this out on Facebook, get this out on Twitter, you know, and have more callers. But it, it, I like, I actually like doing this show, and I like creating the topic. It's just, it's so busy around here otherwise. And I'm usually putting this show together at like 6 p.m., two hours before I'm supposed to go on. So I'm sorry about that for my slacker attitudes.
2: Well, I like it. I think it's great having uh, being on having this conversation with you as well as Mary Lou. It's uh, it's it's
1: great, Todd. I gotta have you on the show, and we can really promote it, and we can do readings together. How's that sound?
2: Oh, there's an inspiration.
1: Mary Lou would like that. I've been studying, and I've invited Mary Lou to be on the show already, but she never takes me up on it. I want to do a I want to do a show about art. And creativity and art And I want to talk about art and the creative process And Mary Lou, oh, you're my that. guest oh.
3: what, do you, what, do you,
2: what do you do, Mary Lou?
1: <laughs>
2: I'm a
0: photographer, but uh, Yeah, I don't know about art and the creative process I'm always still trying to figure that one out
1: Well, that, that's the topic Well, I, I thought the topic would
0: be I would read people And then you would see if the uh, <laughs>
1: You're going to do readings, perfect
0: Wouldn't that be easier?
1: No. <laughs> okay. No. Darn. <laughs>
0: I read. I don't do astrology.
1: What do you read cards?
0: I can read cards and I can I you know, I have I have some Claire's but they have fa- faulty on off switches. Sometimes
1: uh-huh.
0: it's on and sometimes it's like, oh man. I'm not I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think it's hard. You have to do it actually. I think on on an ongoing basis to sort of say uh, be intuitive in that way, where you just turn it on, where you don't have to turn it on. You know, it's always been faulty with
0: me. It some sometimes it's on and it's strong, and some days, you know,
1: I think I think Pat, you must have that too because Pat has Pisces rising, so.
2: I think it's performance nice I need to. Pressure. I'm. I'm. I'm actually getting better at it, and because um, I, 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 I think of myself as being, you know, really analytical. I think with the Sun and the and Mars conjunct in my third house, but um, more and more, I feel like I, I definitely get feelings and reads on people, and just I don't know what. Just.
1: Yeah. And you know what that has to do with is Neptune being in Pisces and it's going to become stronger and stronger and stronger for you for the next ten oh. years.
3: Well, it's going I to become so. so
1: much stronger. You're going to become entirely more spiritual and more vibrationally high. But you have Pisces rising, so as and Neptune goes North into Note your first North house. Note in Pisces. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's, it's that's that those are elementally very strong. In my chart it's the fifth. And um, in Mary Lou's chart um, Pisces is Pisces is actually the 8th And Mary Lou right now has Pisces conjunct her Jupiter She has Jupiter and Pisces at 2 degrees in the 8th house So, you know, as far as intuition All three of us have water rising Mm
3: -hmm.
1: You know, what's interesting is that How about this one, ladies? The the three of us have a grand shrine in water rising Mary wow. who has cancer rising yeah. Pat has Pisces rising And Dr. Craig has Scorpio rising so the three of us have, a, like, an extremely intuitive body that would manifest between the three of us if we were to have, like, a get-together or, you know, whatever, tea, a luncheon, or, you know, hang out and chit-chat about callers coming in. It would be, it, what would get continually stimulated would be all the water.
2: Now, does Mary Lou, because I, I, I'm not looking at her chart, is Mary Lou's yeah. um, first house a strong house?
1: Is it a strong house? Oh, well, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, she has Mars and Leo in the first house.
2: Oh, okay. It's Mars and Leo. That's what you said. All right. Cause, yeah. Uh, you know,
1: my, it's my, Mars my and house. Leo and the Moon's North Node and Leo in the first house. Hmm. Yeah. And Moon and Leo on the second house cusp, and that's her ruler. Oh. So it's very strong.
2: So that would be a great group. I, I don't know. Would it be a great group for Mary Lou to be in, in terms of what you were saying before, where she'd be not only a leader but a, but a participant?
1: Would what, what be a good group?
2: What The group you're describing. Oh, you know, like where, getting
1: together with water signs? It depends. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it depends. It would definitely perhaps bring the focus away from that fiery part of her personality and bring it more back to the water. You know, bring it back more to some of the like w- elementally watery parts of the of the chart. It's interesting because well, when you were
2: de- when you were describing her um, tendency, and in, and even you yourself, Mary Lou, were you know saying how it is so much easier for you to lead and take charge. Believe me, I feel the same way. I, I've got that Aries in the first house, and it's right. it, it often it's so much easier to just get up and do it yourself and take charge of things. Yeah. I don't mind,
0: um, I, you know, it's not a power thing. It's not, um, I, I don't mind giving people the floor and letting them do their thing and stepping back. It's just, uh, let's get it done and get on to the next thing, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, of well, I, course, but sometimes that mm-mm. takes a fire sign to clear the room, you know. You need fire in order to be able to, like, <laughs> you know, clear the brush, so to speak. Everybody else is standing there in the mud, and well, fire are, comes along and goes like, okay, let's <laughs> like, stop this and, you know, like do something productive and move on. Yeah, well, a lot of instead strong of energy. Talking
0: about, instead of talking about having meetings and debating about having meetings and having uh, long conversations about why you can't have meetings, I just, in my other group, just have meetings and get over it and get on to the next thing. Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm going to let you guys both go, and I'm going to close okay. the show, and I'm going to play a little song here at the end. Okay.
0: Awesome. Sounds great. Thank nice you. talking to you. You, bye you too. And we'll talk, okay? Great.
1: Okay. Absolutely. All right. Bye. Bye. So, awesome, show. I love that. Thank you guys for, um, you know, both calling in and having a good chat with me at the end there about um, – You know, our charts and the different things we're able to personally connect with why it would be easy and why it would be difficult for us to have interactions. Those inherent conflicts are the things that create the manifestations in our lives. So as we address what it is that's creating tension or friction in our own internal world, That's where we're going to be able to heal it And move on to something new In our external world I'm Dr. Craig Martin And I'm going to leave you with the Beatles While my guitar gently weeps